Houston. You're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Are we taking Spencer Tillman's uh, what he signed on my birthday card as a compliment or as an insult? Enjoy your day. You're as good a radio show host as Nick Casario as a general manager. That's Is tough. That, I don't know. He, he said that Nick Casario might be the best general manager of all time in the preseason game that one time. That's... Fact. That, that's true. That's so I don't point. know how to take it. I don't know to be insulted or to be like, hey, it's a compliment. I don't know what's Spence. I mean, it might be a lack of talent evaluation. On his part? Yeah. Maybe. If he signed it, does that mean he was in the studio? I don't know. You guys gave this to me. I have no idea how you got a signature. Does the elaborate setup that you were saying that travels everywhere that's, with him? That's true. That's what Frank said. Wish yeah. I had that set up. That'd be pretty nice, right? That's what Frank said. I, uh, I do, too. I would love to have an in-house studio and never come to work. It's one of my dreams, honestly. You have to do solo radio, though. Probably, probably. You can have to, based on where you came from. You, yeah, it's it's hard to do. The, I think it is hard every that. day. I didn't say that, but it's it's doable. Oh, it wait, is doable. He meant by himself. Oh, who did you? No, I didn't. I don't like doing solo radio at all. No, you want I hate you it. want your own, you, you want your own personal studio. Yeah, I would. I do he, want my own personal. He's studio. He's referencing the show that bought a townhouse I, and built a studio. Oh, I didn't think that's what he was referring to. I don't, yeah, I think he's talking about something else. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I'm. I think we're sympathetic. Yeah, Blankers and I have excellent chemistry. I know ex- I, we can finish each other's sentences. I knew exactly what he meant. Mm-hmm. Joe, you still are trying to. Use, I'm learning. Do you, do you know yet, Joe? I'm, you need, you know six, what, you need some CLR. You know what CLR is? I can't finish that sentence. It's that extra strength cleaner, <laughs> so you can still clen- cleanse yourself of where you came from to get yeah. with where you're at, at now. What do you use that stuff for? Skunk? Oh no, in the shower. <laughs> To get off the like the oh, soap like the and stuff like that, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like heavy stuff, heavy grease uh, it, like, reduction. And it foams up, and then when it, and it kind of, yeah. I have some of that. I didn't realize that's what it was called. It's called CLR. It's in a yellow bottle. You get it at, like Home Depot. Stands for clear. Uh, one one zero six. No way we can add a point guard that commands shooting a lot. We need a passing point guard, Tyus we, Jones type. We've been harping on that. I How mean, much does Fred Van? What does his volume look like? I mean, it depends on who he's playing with. Right? The Rockets. I know, but I'm saying when you look at his past numbers. 16 shots a game last year. When you look at the back of his basketball card, it matters <laughs> if you're playing with Siakam and um, Ananobi and, and some of the guys that the and, and Scotty. Um, Anderson? No, the number one pick two years ago that's Alexander? really good. He's Barnes? Really good. Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes? Yeah, I mean, you play with guys Pippen. like that and they're, they're established scoring guys. Well, your shot's going to, you, the amount of shots are going to go down. 16 shots a game isn't. I'm brutal. good with that. 16 shots a game. He played 37 minutes a game. That's pretty good. What did he average last year? Uh, seven, uh, 19. So 19. if you're averaging 19 points a game on on that many shots, I can live with that. Yeah, it's pretty good production there. I don't yeah. think that's. I don't think he's a heavy volume guy. And he's I not think, a heavy. I also think guy. he's an intelligent enough basketball player that if his coach asks him or tells him his role is going to be twi- uh, twerked a little bit or tweaked a little bit, he's fine with it. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Um, nine seven eight zero. If they don't get their top picks in free agency, do you think they pivot? Like you guys were talking about the other day, taking expiring contracts and picks. Personally, this would be my plan A. Like I don't want to overspend on a Van Vliet, on a on a Lopez, on a Dylan Brooks. I personally would be seeking out bad contracts with one year left that teams are so desperate to get out of, and they're giving you picks. Like if James Harden's traded, they might need a third team. Like, what is Philadelphia what taking? Daryl made a living on yeah, for a while. Yeah, like the Rockets have so much cap space right now that they could just facilitate a three-team trade and just absorb contracts on the final year of a deal and take back massive draft haul. 
I personally would much rather go that route. And if the Rockets do miss out on a Van Vliet, on a Lopez, on a Brooks, maybe that is their fallback plan. For me, it would be option A. Yep. I'm hoping that the Rockets well, do consider it. And let me correct that by saying that or clear it up. When I say Daryl would do that all the time, Daryl did it to his benefit. He wasn't the, the team trying to collect an expiring contract for picks. He was the guy that was willing to give up some picks to find a third team so that he could bury some more salary so he could make his, his competitive team better. And I think that that's what teams. That's why Sam Presti has done such a great job at OKC because he continuously takes on those expiring contracts for big dollars. Look at what he did with Chris Paul. He 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 turned Chris Paul around, but you know what? In the process, he got two hauls. He got the haul originally from the Rockets, and then he turned around and moved Chris Paul and got more. I mean, Sam Presti's a guy that has rebuilt OKC in a market that is virtually impossible to have longevity in because of how small it is. But from a basketball perspective, he has just loaded up so this team can be good for the future. Chuck says, why get a ton of picks in a draft that's weak at best? You don't know which years you're getting those draft picks. And secondly, what do stars go for nowadays in the NBA? You get a disgruntled star. The Rockets are off to a hot start. Young Nucleus, oh, I want to play on that team. What do stars command in return? Draft picks. Take it a step further. That's why you get draft picks. Everything you said plus. You know what the plus is? You don't have a bunch of draft picks in the future. You're still going to need draft picks. Daryl gave them all away. Well, you got some coming back. You got some from the Nets, but you'd like to have more that are more kind of when you look at where you're going to be finishing in the standings, the kind of players you might need. You want to have those options as you're still fully in the middle of the rebuild to have guys you can add through the draft, especially if you do start stacking up your cap. Kelly Eco is going to join us at 2. He pinned this free agency primer uh, on The Athletic earlier today. Here's his Rockets free agency big board. I don't know if he's predicting or if he's saying this is what the Rockets should have their big board look like. But at the top of the list, no surprise, he has Fred Van Vliet at the very top. Stop me whenever you hear something that kind of is curious to you. Second on his list is Dylan Brooks. I know that's going to be curious to you, but I don't think it surprises you. No, look, at Dylan Brooks' best, the defensive side of the ball is what intrigues Udoka. I just have major concerns because I think that there's a guy that basically – became a, a, a playoff no-show after he opened his mouth. He he opened the can of worms, then he couldn't go fishing and, and, and bring in something and, and back it up. If that series never happened, though, are you looking at Dylan Brooks differently? Yep, a little I bit. I think everybody is. I do. I think it's prisoner of the moment. Like, he had a few bad – he had a bad week. He opened his mouth when he shouldn't have. He got exposed by LeBron James, the best basketball player in the NBA, arguably. Top three basketball player in the NBA currently. Like if you if the if the Grizzlies didn't make the playoffs, if the Grizzlies don't play the Lakers in that series, if Dylan Brooks, you know, keeps the lips zipped, we're looking at Dylan Brooks so much differently. And I feel like we're putting way too much value and weight on those two weeks of basketball. I would say not so much differently, but differently. Because I, I did I did watch enough of their games to know that is kind of his mantra. That's that is his calling card is he's gonna talk. He's going to be overly physical. He's gonna be a little bit Pat Beverly esque to get under your skin. Are any of those things bad? If can, I like a physical, tough-minded, talk-a-little-smack kind of guy on my team. I like think every team should have one of them. you got a lot of technicals. Okay. you got some suspensions. I think that sometimes you get a little too carried away with all the theatrics and the extra that you don't focus on what needs to be done, uh, and it could also rub off on other players. You don't. That's why I said with Pat Beverly, Pat Beverly's shtick and his game is way past what the Rockets need. Dylan Brooks is a, is a Pat Bev light, but... I think every team needs a goon. But I think the key is he's still got to make shots, right? The fact that he didn't make shots in the playoffs bothered me the most. But again, are we putting too much value on those two weeks? Because, I mean, he shot 34% from three. Like, it's not great, but it's not bad. It doesn't kill you. No, but Tari Eason can do that. 
That's why I don't love wing because mm-hmm. I, I think you kind of already have these guys that don't have the seasoning. Like Tari, I think can be a Dylan Brooks. I don't think Tari Eason's going to be a guy that's going to talk a lot of mess and try and get under your skin and play dirty. But I think ah. he's going to play tough, get rebounds, and, and finish around the basket and make the open three. Yeah, Tari's an offensive rebound machine I like too. Him. I like Tari a lot. All right, here's some some more on the Kelly's big board for the Rockets. He has Brooke Lopez at three. Wishful thinking. It feels that way. But you had Woj yesterday say that the biggest contender to get Brooke out of Milwaukee is the Rockets. But I think that's only from Lopez's camp to try and push the number up. Maybe. Because Milwaukee's in a tough situation because they got Middleton and Lopez. They can't lose both, but they definitely can't lose Lopez. They can try and find a a Middleton light on the salary side, but you can't replace what Lopez did for them in the last two years. He has Bruce Brown at four. Love it. He has Kyrie Irving at five. Hate it. <laughs> just hate. Could it. you just, imagine? Like they just said no to James Harden, and it's like, okay, we'll take Kyrie. It feels like the opposite of all this stuff that just happened in the last two weeks. The only way, well, there's two ways. There's only two things that make this make sense to me when in bringing Kyrie Irving to the Rockets. One, it makes sense because the Rockets could afford to do it, right? But two, from a Tillman perspective, if you're not going to get James Harden, go get a guy that no matter what else you say about him is a is a draw is must-see TV from a box office perspective. People are going to want to see him. They're going to sell jerseys. They're going to, it's a name that people are going to pay attention to. But as it does it make your basketball team better? Does it make Udoka happy with the guy that he has to work with? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I think Kyrie doesn't make any sense with the Rockets, especially if you're going away from like the star approach, like the selfish James Harden, don't want him, but you're going to bring in Kyrie. I feel like it's going backwards on a decision you already made. Uh, Cam Johnson from Brooklyn. I. They've been enamored with him, and he's enamored with them. But at what price? If it's 20, 22, which I saw was the rumor out there, I'm okay with that for how many years, though? I mean, again, he's going to take minutes away from some of the guys we've been talking about, but he is a shooter. He is a good three-point shooter. He is a guy that was playing behind enough talented players that maybe we didn't even see how good he can be, but I believe that he's a good fit. Yeah, years to me is probably – I really don't want to go more than two years on any of these free agents because I, I think it could handicap you down the road with the current players that you already have. Uh, after him, he has Austin Reeves, who he's a restricted free agent. We all think that the Lakers are going to match any contract for him. Uh, backup big man option, I suppose, Shaka Pertle. Um Maybe it's a combination with Fred Van Vliet. Maybe they want to play together. I'm not that intrigued with Pertle, if I'm being completely honest with you. I'm not either. I told you that when when you brought him up the first time. I I just think to me he's a he's a role player on a real on a on a playoff team. He's the kind of guy that can make a playoff team better in short doses. Mm-hmm. He do, I don't think he's what the Rockets need. Now he does rebound the basketball, can protect the rim. Yeah, but I, I, again, price matters, and also fit, I don't think he's a good fit from like what he his skill set. Though he can make a three every now and then, and he, like you said, I mean, he can rebound a little bit. He can he can protect the rim a little bit. He's not a three point guy. But I don't, he's, he's not. He's, I don't want him shooting threes for me. I don't want him running the break for me. And I don't think he's the kind of guy to work hand in hand with Alpi Shengun. He's not going to shoot threes for you, and he's not going to space the floor for you, which kind of seems a little bit different than what this personnel gives you. But he's he means a backup big. Um, and the Rockets, I think, will sign a backup big if they miss out on Lopez. It looks like. You know, Pirtle can be uh, in the mix. Dwight Powell can be in the mix. I like the name that you brought up several weeks ago, and he has him 10th on his list is Grant Williams. Like, give me Grant Williams. Like if, if I miss out on Lopez and we're all acting like we need a big backup big, Cam Johnson, let's say that he's a little bit unrealistic when it comes to the dollar, give me Williams over Pirtle and Powell by a mile. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And like I said, I think he can defend. He's versatile. He plays multiple positions. He's already played in a system where he's not going to be the man or one of the top three guys 
where he's going to get and demand a lot of shots. But if you give him an open corner three, he's like P.J. Tucker. He can hit it. He's like a younger version of P.J. Tucker, which every team could use. I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, I'm also curious in Kelly's podcast what you think about this. LP supposedly isn't going to be too jazzed, and we can ask Kelly about this, if they bring in another big. Yeah, he can get over it. I, that's, what, that's exactly what my feeling was. Like, you're good. You've shown signs, and especially offensively, but you can't be in a position to where you start trying to pull a James Harden card. Like, I'm going to tell the organization, I don't want help in another big. That's not your role. He, he's given off vibes early on here for me, going back to last year, too, about some of the stuff he did, that he's going to be the guy that doesn't work with Adoka. We'll see. Who, Alpi? Yeah. Like, that kind of comment, like, that's not going to work with Ime Doka. See, he's got to be careful because he didn't want Silas because Silas was using him as his scapegoat and role model for not yelling at everybody else. Sure. So you should be happy you're getting a new coach. But be careful what you wish for because now you're getting a coach that stresses defense every single day, and that is your your weak point. You better play defense. Yeah. I mean... This is all these guys. We need a year of what they look like under Adoka. Like who they are right now shouldn't be who they are in a year. If Jalen Green says, "You know what? I, I don't want to play in this system." Okay, well you're tr- you're going to get traded. If Alpi Shingu, well, I don't really like the way I, I look in this the system. Well, you're traded, Jabari. You're traded. Like this is the Adoka's way. You either join in, you either you two feet in, or you're going to get traded. None of these players are good enough, and I, I like they already handled the Harden situation. Adoka right. said, the- "No, I don't want Harden. I don't think they're going to bring in Kyrie Irving. A player is not going to be bigger than the team under Adoka, that, and I love it." That's my biggest point too. You're Alpi Shingun. You're not James Harden now or then, right? We've seen some good things from you, but you aren't going to be the guy that gets to rock the boat. You aren't going to be the guy that gets to tell us what we can and cannot do. And if you think that you are, I'll point out in short order all the things that you need to work on to be the kind of player you think you already are by reading your own clippings. We'll talk to Kelly Eco of The Athletic at uh, 2 o'clock a little bit later today. Dana Brown had some quotes with Ken Rosenthal in The Athletic. He's talking about trading a major leaguer for a major leaguer. What's the position the Astros need the most? What did Dana Brown say? And did he mention something about when Michael Brantley could return? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Triple zero two, giving me a birthday wave. Appreciate that. 713-780-3776, the HRP listener line. Uh, Ken Rosenthal had a piece in The Athletic today, kind of uh, almost a trade deadline primer on the last day of June, which happens to be my birthday. He says, uh, Dana Brown to Ken Rosenthal, we're exploring we're exploring trading Major League player for Major League player with teams that are contending that makes sense. We have a lot of outfielders right now. If we can move an outfield piece for something that could fill another need, we probably would be interested in doing that player for player. Yeah, we have to get creative to open up the market. We're definitely exploring that. What do you make of that, Blankers? Oh, my first question would be, of your outfield depth, who are you thinking about moving? Because go Cougs. I think that you think Jolks. He doesn't play center. No, he doesn't. So that's probably the biggest knock on Jolks because I mean you need two center fielders. You, you need a starter. You need a backup. And you some people are going to be well. Mauricio Dubon can back up. 
Mauricio Dubon's also needed at other positions. I, I don't think that Mauricio Dubon, even if he's your backup center fielder, means that you're only carrying two players that are capable of playing center. Even if Dubon's center fielder number two, you still have to have somebody else on the roster because the Dubon might be needed elsewhere that's capable of playing center field. So Chaz and, and or Jake, because I saw some rumors that people want you to trade Jake. The three outfielders, obviously, that would be on the market that we, we think would be Chaz, Jake, Jones. Right. I also it also mentioned that the Yankees had previous interest in McCormick because he's got oppo power in the short yeah. porch over there as Williamsport. But uh, I'm not interested in trading Chaz because I think he's your best outfield option in center field right now. He's, uh, and he's, he's been good offensively this year. He's by far your best offensive bat when you're talking about those three players. Jake's your best defensive center fielder, but I'm not keeping Jake if it means I'm trading Chaz. I'd rather have Chaz than Jake. I think Jake should be a late-inning defensive substitute and play every now and then. If all three had equal value and they don't, I think it has to be Jolks. Like, Jolks, you left unprotected. You made them eligible for the Rule 5 draft. If you can get, like, a left-handed corner infielder that's an upgrade over Bly Madris for Corey Jolks, I think you make that trade yesterday. So that's my – those are the two things that I was going to say is, is one, I don't, I, I don't know that you've seen enough Corey Jolks to think that he's going to get value in return because my biggest concern is I'm not just trading to trade him. If I'm trading them and I like the young depth I have in the outfield, then I'm trading them to get a young play play now player that could be as good or better than them. And so I need to know what I'm getting in return, and I need to entice whoever I'm trading with to think that one of these guys will get me what I need for this year and beyond. I, I think that you're right. It's kind of limited because you've got a guy that's the unknown in jokes because he looks like he's got way more talent than maybe people had given him credit for before this spring training started and now what he's done in the bigs. But you don't know if it's sustainable, so you don't know if a team's going to bite on that. We know what Jake Myers was rumored to be and thought of until all the injuries. Now he's shown flashes and signs, and, and no matter what, he's still a good defensive outfielder. But is a team going to bite and say, oh, we figure, we think he can figure out his offense? And then from Chaz, it's just about consistency. He's got a long swing. He, he, you know, he was, you know, hit or miss with the lefties in, in previous years. He's hitting the ball now. He's an above average defender. Is that going to be enough to get you what you need? And can you afford to give him up, especially when you don't know what Brantley's going to be? You, the thing with Brantley is you don't know who Brantley's going to be. Like, you don't know if you're getting Brantley back. You don't know if you do get Brantley back, like, who you're getting. So the way that I actually view this from, like, two different point of views. I look at it from the first point of view. You're not confident in Michael Brantley. You're not confident that he can be anything more than a pinch hitter. You're not confident that he can be an everyday starter. So if that's the case, you're dangling one of these guys. And for me, it's not Chaz. I'll entertain Jolks. I'll entertain Myers. I'm not interested in trading Chaz. He's your best center fielder that you have on this roster right now and, quite frankly, needs to be playing more. If you're not confident in Michael Brantley, I think you're trading a Myers and a Jolks literally for a Myers or a Jolks that's left-handed. That gives you a left-handed option. Because right now you're too right-handed heavy in the outfield. You have Jake, you have Chaz, you have Jolks. You would like Bly Madris to kind of play some in left field, but you get an upgrade over Bly Madris. So that's the that's the angle where if you don't have confidence in Michael Brantley. If you do have confidence in Michael Brantley, now you're adding an outfielder. So one of these guys would have to go down, probably Jolks. Uh, maybe Jake, I don't know, but now you're center field light. So you trade one of these guys for a Bly Madris upgrade. You're trading Corey Jolks. You're trading Jake Myers for a backup first baseman, third baseman. That's a left-handed stick. That's an upgrade over Bly Madris. When you say that he's your best center field option being Chaz, 
Yeah. I think a lot of people's pushback would be, oh, no, 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 because the metrics and the ratings say that Jake is one Def- of the best center fielders in baseball. But, Defensively. Yeah, He's nowhere near say, him offensively. Right, I was going to say, but if you're talking about just as all well round, a well-rounded overall offensive and defensive center fielder, that's where it, I totally agree with you. It's Chaz. Now, you're going to get the crew that can just say, yeah, defensively, Jake might be a tick better, but I don't think Chaz plays enough out there sometimes, too, to where he gets the full appreciation for what he does. And we know he can play. So I think I, I, I'm, I'm with you completely. The one guy of those three that I, I rate last on the trade list where I would almost say we're not trading him because of Brantley on top of that is Chaz. Now it just comes down to if I'm willing to trade my past future center fielder of the future that I don't know how they rate him now, but I, if, if there's organizations that still think so highly of Jake, what am I getting in, in return? And has Jolks shown enough on the major league level that a team's willing to give you a good major league player, a young major league player that can do infield what he's doing outfield? I don't think you're going to get a starter for Jolks. I really don't. I you think, think you're you get getting a starter a, for Jake. A lot of people are saying maybe are, are an comparing aging, this to uh, the move they made when they traded Jordan with Montgomery, Cleveland. Harrison Bader. No, no, no. Or, or with Cleveland when they trade when the Astros yeah. traded. Um, uh, uh, Miles Straw for Mayton for Mayton and, 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 and Yiner. What a deal! And Yiner was just a throw-in at the time. Okay. Click is the king of the throw-in. Like I'm, there... I'm, in, I'm intrigued. Here's like one under like rated thing that I'm really intrigued by with the trade deadline. Like outside of actually like improving this roster, I am very intrigued to learn more about Dana Brown. What does he look like making a trade at the deadline? Like I'm fascinated by it. Does is there an argument to be made that it makes the most sense to trade Chaz McCormick because? No. Absolutely not. Dusty Baker doesn't play him. He doesn't like him. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, point. so for like the short term, Chaz McCormick is maybe the best asset of the three. Dusty Baker seems unwilling to unwilling to play him. So if Dana Brown can't win that battle, it's yeah. like, well, then maybe the best asset of Chaz McCormick, because Dusty won't play him, is his trade value. And then going the next season, the belief should be that Drew Gilbert will be your opening day center fielder. So does it make more sense for Chaz McCormick or Jake Myers to be your fourth outfielder next Chaz? year? I think Chaz is your fourth outfielder because I, I don't know that Dusty Baker's going to be here after this year. I, I would agree, and that's where it's just like I, I just you. Uh, I hate when you make good points. It's because like if they're not going to play Chaz enough, then just trade him, get a valuable asset See, in return. The problem doing that though Dusty is won't play him. You're right, and it's a good point. The problem doing that though is you're trading by far in a way your best center fielder. And I don't think I Dusty, as much as Dusty <laughs> may not like him. Dusty likes winning, and he likes all the attention, and he likes the chance to win another one, and he realizes because of all the uncertainty that he can't afford to lose Chaz McCormick. So he's got to play him. And, and, and so I think that's why even, that, that even if Dusty doesn't like him, they can't trade him, and then if Dusty's not here next year, he's the perfect fourth outfielder for you. I, I totally agree. But it's just like if you want to trade someone from the big league roster and you want to talk about getting the maximum value in return – it could be Jake Myers, but it could be Chaz too, and I think that's where Dana Brown's gonna be put in a tough spot. Where yeah, well, I'm trading Jake though. If like, there's a player he wants and they want Chaz, if you're interested in winning though, you have to keep the better option. Like yeah. you have to keep the better option. So you're not trading your best center fielder because the manager won't play him. Like you have to be difficult if you're Dana Brown. Be like, hey, look, we're gonna have to play Chaz more. Like he needs to be our center fielder. We're gonna trade Jake, which means Marisha Devon's gonna play more in center field. King of Twitch says that that uh, Myers can't hit. Might surprise you. Jokes and Myers have the same exact OPS. Like, they are the same offensive player. Jake Myers plays almost elite defense in center field. Jokes gives you corner outfield ability. The thing that I was going to say, though, going back to the whole Chaz conversation is 
Dusty loves winning more than anything else, and he 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 just feeds off of the attention that comes with it, and, and all of the, the the things that you know everybody just applauding Dusty at the end of the year and getting that World Series and doing, and then him saying we're going to go win another one. He can look by, look past. If Chas keeps performing, he can't argue with the fact it's not. He doesn't look bad by playing him as much as I don't get it, and I never will understand why he doesn't like him. But he's the guy I just think you can't afford to even consider moving on from. I mean, Dusty benched Chaz last year in the first round for Jake. Like, he sat last year in the play. Like, Dusty wants to win, yes. But he also started Jake over Chaz in a playoff game last year. Which I don't agree with. Which I think, just like the same way that he kind of had no reason to do what he did to Chaz at the start of the year with the, the, the ring ceremony and the celebrating of everything that included Chaz's heroics last year, and he did it. I don't understand any of it. And the biggest thing for me is I don't understand how that kind of personal animosity can get in the way of a team on a mission to continue winning World Series, and you're the manager. There's been plenty of coaches that don't and players that don't see eye-to-eye on a lot of things where at least they know when the game's on, on it's time to play my best players, they're going to play. I hear you. Dusty doesn't always do that. Look at Yiner and Maldi. I hate it. Like, I mean, I mean, Joe's got a point. Joe's got a point. If he's not going to play him, even if he's the best, he's got a point. But, I mean, you got to be Dana Brown. You got to be well, like, oh, sorry, right. Chaz is the dude. You know how, I, and I always say you rate your general managers based on the first big moves they make. This might be a situation where it might be a big, not be a big move by bringing in a big player. Yeah. It may be a big move by a power move saying, Dusty, don't care if you don't like him or not. Moneyball him. I might take away your other options, so you got to play him in center. Yeah, if you want Chaz to play Money every day, him. trade Jake Myers. That's Money right. Ball him. That's what I was getting at. That's why it's the Miles Straw comparison, because we heard that there was a conflict of, of, of opinion when it came to who should be playing in center field. Click just decided to, to solve it. Yeah, he did. He Dana Brown him. could solve it. Trade Jake. Problem solved. Ultimately, I think Jake or, or Jolks gets traded for a left-handed infielder. That's my guess. Because Doobie, Doobie's your backup center. Like I said, and if Doobie keeps hitting the and he's, ball, and he's there's another way, but there's another spot on the field where you could get Doobie some games yeah. when you need him to still be in the lineup. And I think that they want to upgrade Bly Madris. Like, they've already told you they're motivated to have a left-handed bat on the bench by using a Bly Madris. I think they want to upgrade a Bly Madris. 713-780-3776. It's everybody's favorite game. It's who said it. We're Joe George, assistant to the regional manager, man of many hats. He tells us five quotes that were said by ESPN 97.5 personalities throughout the week. And the Killer Bees have to guess who said it. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. It's now time for the mega producer Joe George to do what he does best, and that's stumping. No one can stump the best stumpler in Stumpville, and that's Stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe. What happened to Stumpy Joe? The official explanation was he choked on vomit. Today, Stumpy Joe will try to stump the killer bees with Who Said It? Let the stumping begin. Let's get stumped. Is Joe more, is he closer to mega producer or is he closer to Stumpy Joe? I mean, I would say mega producer, but I think he's slumpy, Joe. That Joe, that, uh, that I won last week. I'm not a slump. That rejoin oh, starts off very, very complimentary, and then it just goes stump, 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 stump. Mega producer to a hundred stumps. Yeah, in a span of like we 30 need to seconds. count the stumps at some yeah. point. Over under, what are the amount of stumps in that rejoin? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Oh, I'm not part time. Part time on the producer side, you are. What are you talking about? You spend half your half your producing day. Doing other things for other people. I think he spends more time on this show than either one of us. 
I think that we just got done talking when Sean Mapes was in that he spends multiple segments. He wears he wears a lot of hats. People. I'm expecting you to take it light on us since I'm birthday boy Branham. Uh, we're going to do three next week. Just what? So. A short well, week. we only have two. We're off Monday and Tuesday. I shouldn't have cut you off. That's a good point. And then we only have Wednesday. I mean, I guess I could try to find five Fair from enough. just two days. Fair enough. But we'll see. We'll see. TBD. All right, number one. I did hear, though, that these suspensions have been brought to you by FanDuel. Enter code NFL2023 for a free $10. What? Talking so about the NFL the suspensions. Oh. of the Colts players and someone. <laughs> I thought you were doing a real, pro, a real promo. Of it. <laughs> no. Oh, man, you deked me. I got deked. Can you read it again? <laughs> yeah. I did hear, though, that these suspensions have been brought to you by FanDuel. Enter code NFL2023 for a free $10. All right. NFL suspensions hit yesterday, right? Yep. So it's mm-hmm. not Stoots. We can eliminate Stoots. That sounds like a BK, BK joke to me. to me, too. It sounds like a BK joke to you? You just want to go with that? Let's just do it. Brad Kellner. I did hear, though, yeah, that, that these suspensions sure. have been brought to you by FanDuel. <laughs> Enter code NFL2023 <laughs> for $10 toward your first I knew it was a BK joke. Tough. That was too obvious. There we go. Right. Good start. Number two. Eamon Thompson is the most athletic player. And if he ends up being the next LeBron James, I said it first. Sounds like what? Paul Gallant. You think so? Sounds like Paul Gallant because he wants that credit. He needs that credit. And he wants full credit. It sounds to me like he's probably being more sarcastic than anything else. I think he read it and someone said it. And he's like, but from a local perspective, I said it first. What level of sarcasm would you put on Paul on a scale of 1 to 10? I don't know. 6? I'm like at a 9. I was going to say 10. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think, you, I think that you might take Paul's sarcasm a little bit. I think it might be off a little bit. But it does sound like a Paul Gallant sarcasm to me. You want to go with Pauly G? Sure. Pauly Gallant. Amon Thompson is the most yeah. athletic player. He says his and name wrong, too. he ends up being the next LeBron James, I said it first. Amen Thompson, next LeBron James. He doesn't mean that. Uh, this is a tough start It's not me. a tough start. I mean, you were taking it light on us because it's my birthday. All right, number three. Jake, not only does he search himself on Twitter, Jake also, massive problems. Branham. Joel doesn't say his name, so it can't be him. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Can you read it again? Just because I want the listeners to have the pleasure of hearing that burn. Jake, not only does he search himself on Twitter, Jake also, massive problems. So one, I think, just you can tell me I'm wrong, but to me it feels like Joe's setting us up thinking this has to be on the wheelhouse, and it's not. This, See, could, I... this could be Creighton. Yeah, I could be crazy for sure. See, I, I was going the other way. I feel like he's trying to set us up that it's the bench, but the bench is not worrying about that show anymore because the bench are the real big boys. Um, I don't uh, think it's the bench. Yes, yes, not literally. Right. Although Lance likes some cheeseburgers. Oh, my. Um, he does. He was complaining the other day PC that you didn't text sure. him whenever we got food. Remember that? Yeah, that's true. He, he's told me that multiple times. He said it on the air a bunch of times, too. Oh, that, did he really? Oh, yeah. The, like <laughs> These guys are the kings of free, and have, especially for how long they've been doing this. If it's free, and give yet me they free. go on the air. That's Calvin Murphy's line. <laughs> and, 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 and yet they go on the air and say, the afternoon guys and the killer bees are always getting food, and we don't. They always have food, and we see the remnants when we walk in here. Lance is the preeminent complainer is what he is. Pretty much. I think you might be onto something. With, I, think it's either, I think it's either Stoots or PC. Okay. I really 
I, I know PC would have no qualms about just. Oh, PC has no filter. Going hard. Yeah. But when you tell filter, whenever you give PC one tenth of the dose that he gives you, he gets very mad. That's 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 y'all on Twitter. He gets very mad yeah. when you give him one tenth of the dose that he gives you. Yeah. You um, on, you want you feel confident with PC? Because I'm fifty fifty. Read it one more time, Joe, because I think he's setting us up. Jake, not only does he search himself on Twitter, Jake also massive problems. See, I don't think Cody would say that about his guy on his show. I think Joe's doing that to make us think it's on the wheelhouse when it's not. I don't see any reason why Cody wouldn't say that. I'm not saying that you're wrong, okay. but I don't think that Cody would hold back on giving Jake a burn. And this couldn't be Paul again? Huh... No, Paulie kind of likes I feel like him, saying, I, I feel like saying, I feel like when he says massive problems, like that's almost a bit too much. Like I, it might be crossing the line. It's erring on the line very, very close. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that Paul would say it. The bench isn't worried about that show anymore. Um, you really think you're I, just I think writing Cody off the bench 100%. Yeah. Okay. I think they're, I think they're tired of punching down. I think down. John could say it. John? John? John would still say it. Yeah, but he he's talked about how he's not going to punch down anymore. Okay. Oh, let's Cody or PC? Which of the two? I don't think it's on this. I, I, All right, so let's go PC. Okay. All right, Patrick Creighton. Jake, not only does he it was Paul. search okay. himself on Twitter, Dang. Jake also, massive problem. That's why I asked. I, I would Joe, like to hear that segment. Joe might, Joe might throw a Do you have that one time and, marked? Uh, was, was that Bush League or no? Yeah, it's pretty bush league. Yeah. It's definitely bush league. But, bush- can we? But I, but give us the time so we can I, all go back and listen. I gotta find it. All right, please let me. Desperate know. times yeah. call for desperate measures. Wow. So Stumpy got bush league again. Oh no, no, I didn't mean bush league by Joe. Uh, he used Paul twice. I didn't. In mean, a row. Back yeah. to back. Back to back. Oh, see, I was thinking. Did, would, I, I thought you were asking me uh, what Paul said was that bush league. No, I'm talking about the fact. No, that Paul was Stumpy talking about how he doesn't have any alcohol endorsements, and then he started making cracks about Jake and Bushmills. <laughs> And also oh. the fact that he searches himself on Twitter. So was that Bush League for Paul to say that he searches himself on Twitter? No, because Jake admitted to it. Oh, did he? Well, he said he was searching to see how many people were running with his interview. Oh, that makes uh, sense. And then he found someone that said Jake Asman is the worst host in Houston sports radio. Oh, I saw him quote <laughs> tweet that. <laughs> yeah. I did see that tweet. We need a walk. We need a like, And then Paul responded. I saw that. Paul I hydration yeah, that's station why I, in here for how thirsty it can get. That's why I us. thought Holy that. Cow. That's why I thought maybe that was going to be too easy because Paul responded, like calling Jake oh, out I about didn't see Paul's searching response. himself on Twitter. I saw I saw uh, Jake quote tweet that. It's yeah. like another happy customer. I didn't see yeah. Paul's response. That's yeah. funny. And then Jake, that's when he said that he was searching to see if anyone was running with one of his Jets interviews. And then. Um, I think he. I think Jake films that those episodes while he's doing the wheelhouse. It's third R. Is that, is that are you detecting right. lies there? Number four, just problems. I have never what Paul's talking about with problems. <laughs> I have never deliberately done illegal drugs in my life. Now I may have been roofied. That sounds well. Oh, I heard that he, could be anybody. I heard Creighton talking about the fact that he had never done any illegal drugs. I th- I'm almost positive I heard him saying that. This could be anybody. Yeah, well, no, it- I don't think BK would say this. Okay. It could be anybody, man. This could be... I don't think Renato would admit to being roofied if he was. Lance might. Paul definitely would, but he's not going to go three times in a row. Paul, he's not going to be Bush Leaguey. I don't think BK would say this. I think Stutes and Jake could. 
I think PC could. I, 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 like I said, I don't know if this was directly tied to that. I did hear PC letting everybody know one night that he was had, it this week. Uh, either one night or it was during the show that I did with him. I don't remember which one it was, but I remember him saying, "I've never done any illegal drugs." You want to go, PC? That's fine. All right, Patrick Creighton. I have never, yeah, good deliberately work. done yeah. any. No. When you shake your head, I think we yeah. got it wrong. Not me. I and know. Then, and then I know that we've won the week. All right, last yeah, week. I got crushed let's, this week. Let's, let's I've also been roofied before. Let's get one. What? Who yeah. would roofie you? Who did that? I'll tell. We can do later. Oh. Okay. Number five. She moves away from the microphone. Management was oh, making a fat joke. Sounds like you're making a fat joke, so management didn't. That's it. Do you want more? Is there more? I forgot we no. did this on number five. One this more time. Was, it was time. very it very threw me for a loop that we're getting voices instead yeah, of was, you guys reading scripts. I forgot we did this. Yeah, I pre-recorded it. Yeah, mm. One more time, if you don't mind. Management was making a fat joke. Sounds like you're making a fat joke, so management didn't. Is that Michael Carroll? Yeah, that's Michael Carroll. How about BK and Stutes? Look, we won the week. That's fine. I think it's either BK Stutes or John Lance, but neither one of those guys is fat. But it, it's it's referring to somebody else. So it sounds like there was an email, a text, or something, or a comment made in which they're saying, so-and-so said this, sounds like they're making a fat joke. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't care since we won the week. Let's but. just go. You want to go BK Stutes? We already won the week. Well, it wouldn't. Would, would it be PC in his? It wouldn't be no, PC. He yet. said he said Mace is the only one eligible for this. So it's either John and Lance or it's Stutes and I mean Paul. It's one of the three in the afternoon. It could be any of the three. Right. So there's only two shows. It's not Paul and it's oh, it could be Paul and Mapes. Yeah, it could be. Stutes BK. Sure. Stutes BK. Management was. Oh, it was the wrong, wrong Willie. Mm. Sounds like you're making a fat joke. Because management didn't. Oh, well. We got three right. BK. Right That's show, what you do. wrong host. Yes. What was the uh, What was the, the story behind that? Uh, they have a one of their rejoins by Spence is about someone from the wheelhouse being a big spoon. Oh, yeah. The and then spoon, little spoon. they played one that Jake had never heard that was saying BK was the big spoon or Jake was the big spoon. And then he thought it was only for Cody, and they thought it was a fat joke. But it's All not. right. ESPN layoffs today. Some big names are on the move. Shakeups in the industry. We'll discuss next. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. 3%. A little over 3%. Uh, Nick Casario, Joe, you were right. You were right about this. Nick Casario has been named executive vice president for the Texans. He'll serve as EVP and GM. Remember when everybody was like, oh, no, the Texans are going to have a front office shakeup post-draft. Everybody's like, oh, Nick Casario is going to get fired. No, Casario got a bump in promotion. Limpford, I think, got a bump in title, whatever he got his bump to, like executive of player personnel. This was the front office shakeup that everybody was losing their minds over uh, before the Houston Texans draft. Interesting. Definitely interesting. Uh, I think that I don't know that Nick deserves this, but I know that they have to pay him regardless. So if this kind of allows you to sort through the rubble a little bit of the Jack Easterby fiasco, 
and kind of clearly defined a little bit more for D'Amico and for the front office and for Nick, so be it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's just whatever. <laughs> As you would say, is it a nothing burger? It's yeah, it's a nothing burger with fries and what's a the shake? difference? He's yeah. what's what's changed? Like maybe for us, nothing. Maybe he's getting a couple of more bucks a month. He has the EVP EVP title to his name. For us, it changes absolutely nothing. It might just do something about the flowchart <laughs> in terms of like you know who's the boss of what or you know how, you know how they do the flowchart from Cal to Nick to yeah. It might be that it's Cal slightly and Nick more and Nico are almost side by side. <laughs> yeah, but then it's actually for everybody else who works for them. Like, where do they fall? Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, for ESPN, no one's getting promoted. In fact, Ooh. it's the opposite. They're getting sacked. It is Black Friday over at ESPN. It's like a new name every two seconds. Uh, Friday before a July Fourth four day weekend. Right? You have Saturday, Sunday, July third, July fourth four day weekend. This is the ultimate. Bury a story on a Friday. This one's not going anywhere. They though. have not been able to cover it with dirt because nope. it is running rampant. And the fact that they said it without saying who, and now every individual is either telling somebody or going coming out themselves to tell you that they're no longer at ESPN. Uh-huh. The laundry list is growing. The names are shocking. And it tells you a whole bunch about the four-letter network and the stability right now because from Susie Culber and Steve Young and Rob Ninkovich – to the big cage-rattling names of Jalen Rose and Jeff Van Gundy and Susie Culber, there are a lot of people on this list that are going to raise some eyebrows. Yeah, I don't... uh... This stinks. I hate when people lose their jobs. I know that we talk about it all the time. Players getting cut, coaches getting fired. Getting fired is no fun, even if you have tons of money, even if you have notoriety like those at ESPN. You mentioned some of the names. Susie Colbert, Steve Young, Max Kellerman, Keyshawn Johnson, Jeff Van Gundy, a local guy who lives in Houston, uh, Jalen Rose, Todd, McS- Todd McShay. That's I was surprised one. by yeah. that one. Uh, Matt Hasselbag, Ashley Brewer, who does the Late Sports Center, LaFonso Ellis, who's on the college game day crew for the basketball Ashley side. Ashley Brewer's fiance is? No idea. I know nothing about Ashley Brewer. I guess we call him a former Rocket now, but he was a Rocket last year. Really? Frank the Tank. Frank. Oh, Frank Kaminsky? Yeah. Yep. Frank Kaminsky. Yep. I had no idea. Yeah. I don't know about personal lives. Sorry, I don't even, I've never even heard of Ashley Brewer. Oh, she's, yeah. I just saw on Twitter that she does the late night sports center. I don't watch much ESPN. A lot of people watch. They may not listen, but a lot of people watch. I only watch Ashley ESPN Brewer. for games. Okay. I, I don't watch ESPN for anything other than games. I don't even watch sports center anymore. See, and I, like I, game day, I'll watch game day. I'll watch college I'll game, watch day. game day. I watch game day. I watch the early sports center in the morning to catch up if there's something like in the late games or something I missed. And then I do, as you and I have talked about this, you don't and I do, but I do have a tendency when uh, on the treadmill or something like that to because it's the only sports show that it's on is I'll watch Get Up and I'll watch First Take. Is that what Stephen A is? First Take, right? No clue. Don't watch it. Yeah, I, I'll watch the little clips every now and then when they go viral. I, I watch only time that I watch ESPN is for games and for college game day, football, basketball. I really don't think I watch it for anything else. I, mean, I, I asked I y'all mean, the other day. Why? What, I why? asked y'all. I asked y'all the other day if PTI was still on the air. Like, it I, is. I just yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't watch it. But now, this I is, don't watch that. But I know that like in the afternoons, especially because we have ESPN on one TV in here most times, you'll see that it's on. This is. Uh, I mean, obviously a shakeup in the industry. Hopefully this doesn't carry to local radio. Although we're not affiliated. Really. Any other big names after Ashley Brewer? I didn't mean to interrupt on that. And Lafonso Ellis was the other one I said. Oh, right. Like, so the biggest names that we, Jeff Van Gundy, local guy, Key from LA, who's our friend. We, that's, you know, we had him here in studio as guest that's of right. ours a few months ago. Steve Young, Susie Colbert, Max Kellerman. What's the biggest shakeup here? Like, what, what are we going well, to notice as the viewers? 
Yeah, okay. he, he mentioned it. Yeah. But what's the what's the biggest shakeup for viewers for us? Like, like, what's what's going to change? I'm surprised they kept uh, his partner Mark Jackson. I, I too. I, I think Van Gundy's going to end up on TNT. If I'm TNT right now, I have a deal done with Jeff Van Gundy by the end of the day, and I'm putting Jeff Van Gundy and his brother on the same broadcast. Now, I would say Jeff Van Gundy's going to have the easiest time getting another job. He was the biggest shock to me, but I'll say that there's competition because NBC's trying to get back in the NBA on NBC game. No bigger splash except for the agreement itself than getting Jeff Van Gundy and making sure he has a job if they try and do that. So if I'm Van Gundy, I'm not going to be in a big rush because as I read some of these articles, the people that they're letting go, and I think to your point earlier, I hate seeing anybody lose their job. This is going to be more like a coach that loses his job. They're treating these broadcasters like, we're going to pay you. You just can't go with anybody else. You can't do anything else, and you're not with us anymore. If you do want to go with somebody else, then we need to negotiate how much of it are we getting back so you can sign your new deal? If I'm Van Gundy, I hold out for a while. I keep collecting the check, and I go, I'm not in any hurry, but if there's a bidding war for me, which I think there would be, TNT and NBC would come calling. NBC makes a lot of sense. You put an A-team of uh, Mike Tirico and oh, Jeff Van Gundy, that'd be a really good Really crew. good. In fact, I would go as far to say that that's immediately the best basketball A-team. So, I like it more than Breen and Mark Jackson. Well, I like Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller a lot. Ah. <sighs> Reg, love, Reggie's not what he what he used to be. That's where I'm. That's where I'm. But I love line. Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan's my favorite. He's a nice dude. I trade emails with Kevin Harlan. He's the best. But Reggie Miller, I like Reggie Miller. I don't think Reggie Miller is the best A team color commentator though. Ben Gundy's agree. better than Reggie. I, I think Reggie's good. Agreed. I think he used to be better, and I think that maybe sometimes along the way you lose your focus. Like Romo, they said, has lost his focus in in, in terms of his work ethic I, and everything. I always thought he was overrated. But I I like. I think Kevin Harlan. If we just if we separated him, I think Kevin Harlan would be right there at the top with and play Breen, by play. Sure, play I by think, play. I would I, have him as my number one play by play. I agree because I think Breen and and Tariko, it's reputation. I think Breen is his resume. I think Tariko is because everybody knows he's everybody's heir apparent to everything. And when he signed the big deal and left ESPN, but I think that just flat out talent. Kevin Harlan's it for me. So what else are the big shakeups out of this that we're going to fill as the viewer, as the consumer? Other than I, I'm ben not going to miss Jalen. I, I, I think Jalen was used a, a whole different – all over the place. You know how many times I've seen Jalen Rose on TV? None. You don't watch NBA Countdown? No. I think that's what you're going to see it the most. Like I know I'm sure he's been on this show, and some people might like him, but it sounds like there's going to be a lot more Kendrick Perkins in our life, and I'm not a huge fan. So Beaumont, stand up. I, I like – I like Kendrick Perkins' ability to not shy away from making the making the honest comment. I don't like the delivery all the time, but I think that overall, Jalen was someone they tried to use on Get Up. They tried to use in a multitude of different ways. He had his own show with the other guy that was radio and TV. I like the other guy. He had a good year. Well, Jalen and Jacoby is that what it was? That was what it was. Yeah, Jacoby is his name. I'm and, not a big fan. And then, like you said, now Never he's heard of him. now he's on the studio show for ABC and ESPN for the NBA coverage. I didn't think he brought all that much to the table. I wasn't that impressed with him. I think Susie Culber is a miss because I mean a loss because people have just grown accustomed to her being associated with ESPN and the NFL. You know who's really upset about that one? Joe, Joe Namath. Namath. Yeah, Joe Namath. Naismith. My bad. I said the yes. You said I mean, Brandon Belock earlier. I didn't get you for that one. I mean, Naismith is pretty- <laughs> Yes, you did. Check the tape. First segment. Yeah, I let you have one. I let you have a ton right of them and never no. and never no. mention them. I never mention them for you, period. Okay. But we can, right. we can do it, Imey. Uh, it's fine. 
713-780 ESPN. Uh, Eric's texting into the program. He said, Did you guys hear Jake with Van Gundy about getting fired as a coach? And he went off on Jake. Did you catch that? No. I didn't either. Did you hear that? Can we we gotta check the tape on that one? I'm very intrigued by that. All right, Kelly Eco covers the Rockets for the Athletic. Great job doing it. He's gonna join us next. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 975 and ESPN 925.